Yo, what up though? Welcome. How y'all feeling? To IGP Quick Takes. Inspire guys, people. I'ma just give y'all a little something real quick. Like, you know. Been here for a minute, man. It's kind of like a freestyle, but in the form of a podcast. Uh, yeah. Turn me up. Uh, it's gonna be good. I ain't really got time for this. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People, the podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is a quick take, people. Come on. Guys, people, I'm so excited, man. We have an excellent show on deck for today. Welcome all my new listeners. How you doing? Hey, how you doing over there? You good? And welcome back all my faithful listeners. You know I love y'all. Listen. This is going to be maybe one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done. That doesn't mean that you're going to think it's the best one ever. I don't know. You could. This is a topic that I have been uh, wanting to address and kind of going back and forth about it for a few weeks now. And then something happened that made it the perfect time. And so today we're going to talk about the metaverse and really all things metaverse today. You know, I got some feedback from the last episode um, that I did earlier this week. Some people said they want to hear it um, because I kind of was supposed to do it last time and I didn't. So here we are to talk about the meta, the, the, but, but I can talk the metaverse. And what we're going to do and the way we're going to approach this today is going to be um, in typical Inspire Guys People fashion, um, jumping into this topic our own way. Our own way, our own, mm, 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 yeah, our own way. All right, enough of that. I want to do a couple things. I want to accomplish a couple of things today. We got some housekeeping, right? So I want to um, kind of set the stage um, for the context of the approach that, um, you know, the way I'll be talking about this topic. So a couple things there, three things to be exact. We're going to then talk about the impact of the pandemic and how did the pandemic um, affect any of the things that we're going to talk about as it relates to the metaverse. We're going to talk a little bit from there about like, you know, there's some movies I want to reference uh, because, you know, when you look at movies sometimes, man, I, I don't know, you know, look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just, I try to deal in facts and I try to just deal with what I know and what I do know is whether it be on purpose or by mistake, there are some things that happen in movies that seem to kind of be like, hey, let's test it in a movie or maybe let's take an idea from a movie. I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. But I know that there are some movies that um, are relevant to the topic. So I want to talk briefly about those. There will be some spoiler alerts if you haven't seen those movies. So be um, on the watch out for those um, as I name the movies that I'll talk about. Want to then give you all a couple of episodes that, you know, um, I got like five written down. I might give you all just two. There are a couple of episodes that we've done in this podcast over the last couple of years that I believe are worth you either going and listening to for the first time. Or if you've heard it before, finding your way back um, to some things that we did during the pandemic at the beginning of it, the height of it. Right. The way that we were talking about things that were happening and I believe if you go back and listen to the episodes that I'm going to reference, that they're actually going to help you not just digest the information that we're going to talk about today, but also um, really try to help guide you through um, how we should be dealing with these things and maybe help you tap into your purpose 
uh, during this time. One of the things that I'm really proud of um, with this show is that, look, I'm not saying I approach every topic in a perfect manner. I'm sure if we listen back, I don't, right? Um, because I'm human as well. But what I do try to do, man, for real, for real, is I try to make sure I'm approaching these topics and, and the things that we discuss in a in a way that is timeless, right? So meaning you can go back and listen to something last year. And then if I'm being real with you, right, I think we caught some things. I think last year we talked about politics. I talked about a little bit about the virus and the business side of it um, and how we should be on the lookout for how these things impact our future. And I think sometimes, right, we talk about this idea, keep one thing in your mind today. There are contributors and then there are consumers. I'd say probably 99% of people in the world have a, let me not say, that's just, all right, that's too far, Jay. You went too far with that one. Okay, let's, let's, let's not give a percentage. What? And that's probably exactly why random music just jumped in and cut me off. All right, let's, let's not do that. Um, what I am going to say is there are contributors and then there are consumers, you feel me? And um, there are some people who have the mindset of, I am here to contribute to society. I'm here to contribute to the body of Christ, to the world, right? Um, and contributors a lot of times, right, and what we've tried to do on this show is produce contributors because contributors think ahead. Contributors see things before they're happening. And when you see something before it happens, it allows you to, to be proactive about your approach to a situation, right? We are not God. We can't change everything. Doesn't mean you can stop everything. But contributors typically know what's coming before consumers. A consumer mindset is, hey, I'm just here on earth to consume everything, whether it be Whatever businesses sell me, I buy it um, or whatever, you know, I'm just here as a consumer with my money. So I just buy things, period. I take things in. I don't really impact where anything goes. I don't influence anything. I'm just here to really be, you know, to take it all in. Hey, that's my life. If you have a consumer mentality, you're more than welcome to listen to this show. But I will let you know that you will probably be challenged by a lot of the stuff that I say, um, the way we talk about things, because I tend to um, craft content for contributors. All right, so there are consumers and there are contributors. This is an episode for the contributors to the world, to society, to the body of Christ. You want to understand something before it's fully here. You want to understand how things really work together so that you can be prepared, so that you can have a strategy with you, your family, your future. How are we going to you know, what does this metaverse and this digital world mean for me? How do I live in it? What do I stay away from? Those are all things that you're able to think through when you're a contributor. Now, what I will say, because I'm talking to contributors today, my goal with this information isn't necessarily to tell you what to do. You feel what I'm saying? Because as a contributor, you can think through that. What I want to do is get you the information so that you can wrestle through it. I'm going to share some of my opinions I'm going to tell you how I'm thinking through some things. I'm not going to share every opinion. This is a high-level overview of the metaverse, and I think it's about time that we jump into it. We're going to look at, again, how, how things are impacted today and then what it means for the things to come tomorrow. Um, this is going to be a action-packed episode full of information and content that is useful to your life. Do not ignore this information if you want to be a contributor. If you just want to be a consumer and you're like, ah, it don't matter to me, it don't matter to me, then you could just breeze over this, brush over it, whatever. 
I'm not sure if this will be one of the most listened to episodes that we ever do, but I actually think it should be a top 10 at the end of the day. I really do. Based on the level of content that I am prepared to share with you today, and I will say this last thing and we'll jump right into it. I'm just scratching the surface. I'm not even digging into it all, y'all. We just going to touch the surface and um, hopefully you take some away. Please do email me, jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about the show, if you love it, if you hate it, if you like this topic, if you hate it. Also hit me up on Instagram. My name is at Mr. Bellwether. There is an underscore between Mr. and Bellwether. So M-R underscore B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. Bellwether has no A in it. It's not like weather outside. Bellwether. Google the word if you want to know how to spell it, but hit me up on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Let me know what you think of the show. And also, lastly but not least, please do join our text community that I never send a text out on, but I will one day, and you want to be signed up for the day that it happens. You can just text this number right here, 833-946-2518. Again, this is the number that you're texting, just like you text your friends and family, 833-946-2518. This is all I want you to put in the message, be inspired. There are no spaces here. So it's just B-E-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D. Be inspired. And you're going to get a message back to let you know that you signed up into the text community. Uh, I should be sending out a text every week. I maybe do once every six weeks. So there you have it. You will not get spammed because you will hardly get a message from me. But when you do, I will try to make sure it's good. Let's jump into today's content, people. All right, people. So first things first, I told y'all that I have a little bit of house cleaning, right? You know, so three things that I want to say before we jump into this content that is going to help prepare you for the content itself. First things first, education is more powerful than fear. Um, it is never my intention on this show uh, to uh, produce or promote fear. That is not the way that I believe that we should act as believers. Even in the midst of adversity, I don't like to promote fear, okay? Um, not saying I understand that fear is natural. It can happen. So I'm not judging you if some things make you uncomfortable or scare you or make you feel weird. That happens in life when you get new information. But at the end of the day, just understand that it is never my purpose to um, promote fear. I promote education in all things because I believe when you are educated, that when you learn something, right, that's the first step in the whole how to be inspired, um, you know, uh, blueprint or whatever I call it. I forgot what I call it. The framework. Um, how to be inspired. The first thing you do is learn. So education is powerful. So today we're going to be educating. We are not intending to make anyone fearful with new information, things like the digital world, the digital economy. Um, sometimes fear is clickbait. More people will listen to it. If I just go crazy and make you scared, that's not the intention here. The intention is that education is more powerful than fear. Second thing, um, let's understand this, people. The sin, within, the sin is within me. You repeat after me. The sin is within me, right? It's in our own hearts. I think a lot of times, at least I speak for myself, um, in the past, I used to think that the sin was in the stuff. Like, you know, like, ooh, this evil phone, get that away from me. The phone ain't evil. You evil. The phone is an inanimate, inanimate, inanimate. Let's get this word right. Hold on. I'm at the. Is it inanimate or an inanimate? Inanimate. Hold on. We got a Google, man. I don't know. I can't talk. Y'all know I can talk, but that one just wasn't, something wasn't flowing right with that word. So let me go ahead and add a minute. 
Oh man, I can't even. In uh Oh, inanimate. Ah. Not alive, especially not in the manner of animals or humans. Inanimate. Oh, okay, so like animated is like it's like inanimate, like animate. Okay, got you. There you go. We learned something. Didn't I tell y'all that there's power? Education is more powerful than fear. These are inanimate objects. Um, ultimately. Um, you know, a lot of times we like to blame the sin, the sin on the object. And it might be because I'm using the object wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the object can be a highway to sin. It could be an avenue or a channel to sin. Uh, that may be the case. That's for you to think through. But just understand that what I'm promoting today is not um, this show isn't to absolutely um, make some proclamation that um, this is OK or it's not OK. That's not what I'm here to do today. You may be able to do that after you take the information, maybe do some more studying yourself. But I just advise you to be educated on things versus jumping to conclusions before you fully understand something and the dynamics. And also understand that things in and of themselves, inanimate objects um, at that, like although there can be sinful things that they lead to or men can use them to do evil things, it does not necessarily make the object itself evil. A piano can play beautiful music, um, you know, an instrument. David played the harp and um, evil spirits, you know, were released from Saul. And then you can also use these instruments to make some really demonic and dark music. But a piano is a piano. I've seen the same piano on stage at a major gospel concert that I've seen on stage at a major hip hop awards or whatever. They all playing the same keyboard, same drums. The drums ain't the devil. The, the drums ain't evil. You might be evil who are writing the lyrics and who are producing and composing the music. But that's totally different. So Sin is within you. Lastly, folks, here's something that I genuinely believe that we should be doing all things in moderation. And we're going to talk a little bit about today. Right. Um, how sometimes it's about how you use it, how addicted you've allowed yourself to be on the last episode. Um, just that air earlier this week, I talked about the fact that I don't own a video game system because I can have an addictive personality. And I'll be on the game all day long. So I'm just like, uh, you know what? The game ain't the devil, but the sin is within me. So, you know, I can't go near that game because whatever sin is, is within me will have me prioritizing the game over real life. And I'll just be on there all the time. So I have to do that in moderation. I don't own a gaming system and I only play sometimes when I'm around people. Now, at the same time, could I have self-control and discipline? I really could. Like, so it's not that I literally just can't own one. Um, I might be exaggerating when I say that a little bit. But my point is, overall, I know myself. Know thyself. That's something we talk about. Know thyself. So I know myself. And so since I know myself, I'm kind of like, uh, mm, you know what? You, you, you overdo it when you have a game. Now, if I ever get a gaming system again, I might just have to have some rules and regulations that I set up for myself. Not that somebody else is setting up for me, but that me just understanding and knowing like what I have to have guardrails. So again, education is more powerful than fear. Sin is within you and do all things in moderation. And I think we are ready to jump into the show. The first thing I want to talk about um, is let's take a step back. Let's go and, you know, let's let's look at how did the pandemic impact us? And I, I believe, right, this, this is my opinion right now, right? So I can share my opinion. It doesn't mean that I'm right or whatever. I'm just telling you what I believe. 
I believe that most of us were just living in the pandemic. And because things were happening so fast, we weren't actually processing it. Like, I genuinely think that some people won't take a, a step back to think about what we just lived through or what we're still living through um, until five or 10 years from now. They may never even think about it right now. The dangerous thing about that, in my opinion, is that when you're, when you're in something and you're not thinking, I know I don't make the best decisions when I'm not thinking. When I think about mistakes that I've made and things like in life, it's like, you know what? I wasn't thinking. And if I was thinking, then I would have made a better decision. So here's the first thing. As we look at the pandemic, um, I, I want to just throw a couple of things out there. We keep we're going to keep this high level at this point because you could really go down a rabbit hole of each of these things that I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to do a real high level overview and then maybe we'll pick up and, and dive deeper into some of these topics at a later date. First things first, the forced lockdowns, uh, they weakened the economy and our currency. So I know that, again, you know, and, and my intention isn't to say that any of this was on purpose because I don't know. Like, that's the honest truth. I genuinely don't know. It might cross my mind a little bit because when I look at how some of this stuff played out, it's just like too perfectly weaved. You know what I'm saying? And so as an example, you had these forced lockdowns. And just by forcing the lockdowns the way that that the government did, it really destroyed some businesses and it destroyed our economy and it really weakened our currency, too. So a couple of things to really look at with that is like um, restaurants, right? You had a lot of restaurants go out of business. Imagine being a, a business owner and you looking up and you like, yo, I'm not. Remember the whole term essential business? where we started like categorizing things as essential or non-essential. And even that is just very interesting to me because some of the things that were qualifying as essential were just like interesting, like, oh, like, and then who decides what's essential? These are things we talked about when I mentioned this on the show, things that are intriguing to me and also a little illogical. And that's what I mean by I was actually trying to think during this process. Doesn't mean I nailed it 100%. No. I'm still trying to think during this process versus just go along with everything that's happening because it's moving so fast. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, this is like something in the black community that we say, like, if somebody start running, you just run. Like, you don't you don't think. And, and, and again, this, this is probably an over uh, overgeneralization. You know, what I'm saying it was just the first thing that came to mind. Y'all know I white, Chinese, Indian. I love all y'all listeners. Um, this is just an example of something that is a, a stereotype in the black community. And we accept this stereotype. Like, if somebody start running, you just run. Like, we don't ask no questions. We don't think. And this idea is that if somebody's rushing and you see fear on their face and you all you know is there's something to be scared of and I don't want to catch it and see it for myself. All right? That's the black community. Now, I'm going to just say this. I love all y'all. You know what I'm saying? We just talking about a couple stereotypes right now, not meaning to be uh, rude or anything, but it's a stereotype about the white community. If you look at like scary movies, it's a stereotype. It's out there. Y'all know it's out there. Um, to my white brothers and sisters, I love y'all. I don't want to make you uncomfortable or cringe while you're listening right now. That's not the go. But the thing is, there is a stereotype out there. Like, I don't watch scary movies personally, like horror movies, but I know that the stereotype is in a horror movie. Like, the, the white person, you got like everybody running. And you like, hey, what's that? What what's what's that? Jason? Hey, Jay. And so, all right, I'm gonna stop that there before somebody get offended. Y'all know I love y'all. Um, 
But my whole point is like, you asking questions, you thinking. Now, in a scary movie, that's not a good mindset that, that I really want to have. But in real life, you know what? I'm the person that's like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. Y'all all running from Jason. Like, hold on. Um, Jason just, he got on a mask, right? I thought we had a mask mandate. He just got on a mask. <laughs> like, he got his mask on. Jason out here shoveling the snow and y'all running. My point is this. Whenever people get you rushed up, they can make you move without thinking, okay? That's why I said education is more powerful than fear. If you make me fearful, you can control me and get me to do things because I'm not thinking, all right? That's, that's number one. So forced lockdowns, weakened the economy. You had businesses that were closing down. Uh, the government was deciding what's essential, what's not essential. And honestly, the way I look at it is people were making a lot of stuff up. I don't think nobody really knew, and they were just trying to justify and the reason I say this is because I went in a grocery store and it was stickers on the on the floor to tell you which way to walk. And I'm like, yeah, uh, that don't make sense to me. Then they they closed one of the doors, like in the grocery store by my house. You only had one exit now. I'm like, well, that's a fire hazard. So it's like we so scared of one thing. But like, what about the whole idea of if something happens and it's a, a fire breaks out or something? We only got one entrance. I thought the fire marshals would shut a, a building down for that in the past, right? So people were making a decision about what I should be more scared of. And you can't really promise that it won't be a fire and that we shouldn't be scared of that too. But let's be more scared of this because everybody's running. I'm not going to think I'm going to just run, right? So that happened. The second thing that happened is that new markets were created. New industries were created. So right before our eyes last year, um, something as simple as this. Most fast food restaurants, the drive through is only, at least in Michigan, um, the inside isn't even open still. Now, you got sit-down restaurants that are open, right? So restaurants open, but a drive through restaurant, like, hey, well, we just doing drive through only still. Several restaurants by me, anyone on with a drive through the inside is not open, right? So industry's changed. Um, what happens with that is restaurants started doing things like digital ordering, digital menus, um, order in advance, curbside service. The, like I saw restaurants that were like curbside service during the pandemic where the line was in the street, like wrapped around a building in, in the street. Because people not going to stop going to restaurants. They just created a new way for us to go there. So if you were a person that owned a digital company or you did something with maybe menu pictures, there was a lot of money to be made, a lot of opportunities. We talked a lot about that last year. Problems create opportunities, which is one of the episodes um, throughout today. I'm going to give you past episodes that you should be listening to. Go back and listen to episode 96. That was uh, aired on October 7th, 2020. So this was over a year ago during the pandemic. And we did a show, I believe Latoya Early joined me. Problems create opportunities, right? And so as these things were happening in real time, industries were changing right before our, our eyes. Uh, Zoom and virtual online streaming. If you think about it, I've literally, I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I've literally been over on over a thousand Zoom calls in the last year and a half. I can tell you that prior to uh, 2020 in the pandemic, I might have been on three or four Zoom calls in my life. Think about that. See, some of us, life changed, and we never stopped to even think about it. We never stopped to process it. And that's part of what we're doing today as we dig deeper into this idea of the metaverse. And we're going to get to it, I promise you. But I got to unpack this because some of us just been running, 
and we haven't stopped to think yet. And what I'm trying to do today is slow it, slow it down. We got to unpack something here. You've been living in something, you've been experiencing it, but you haven't been thinking about it. Maybe you have, maybe that's an over, you know, maybe I'm not trying to accuse you of that, but I'm just saying that a lot of us been been living in it and we haven't been thinking about it. And we also have just been letting other people make their decisions for us. We've been wanting other people, want your governor to think for you, want your mayor, your council person, hey, think for me. You tell me what's essential. You tell me where, where you how they know where the virus at. Close the gym, open the grocery store, walk to the left, stand to the right. It felt like the cha-cha slide. I'm in the grocery store like, slide to the left. Hey, mm, mm, one time, mm, mm, six feet, no check. Mm, mm, one mask, let's go. Now, mm, 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 turn around. <laughs> Ah, oh, man, I got problems. Y'all know I got problems. Hopefully you enjoy this show and uh, enjoy listening to me uh, sometimes go on tangents. But I appreciate all my listeners. All right, so the world changed. You had Zoom, right? Kids were having school at home. Uh, still are to some extent. Parents were working at home. Still are to some extent, right? That created whole new worlds. Y'all, like Zoom stock went through the roof. If you go back to March 16th, 2020, um, if you're a person that, even if you in the stock market or not, right, you could just Google, uh, the price of zoom or the price of, um, Delta airlines. Let's do that. Go Google the, the stock price of Delta airlines, go to the chart, go to, um, the last year or whatever, or go to all right. Filter it to all and just drag your finger. You could, you could go to a specific date on the price, go to March 16th. I believe March 16th. I'm not looking at it now, but I believe that was the date that everything just dropped. The world changed and we didn't even know it. There were certain companies that dropped on on that date and there were some that rose. And this is where I really want people to become contributors versus consumers. When you are a consumer, you're living in all that and you don't even know what's happening. It's And it's crazy. Like when I really think about it, like you live in, Airlines, places that businesses that were dominant became weakened. Businesses that were nothing became strong. The world flip flopped and changed right before our eyes. Some of us don't even realize that social medias are like almost like the biggest governments in the world. Right. We'll talk about that, too. All right. But I got to keep moving right now because I got a lot to unpack. Um, Also, what happened uh, last year during the pandemic, this caused new consumer behaviors. Now, um, again, I'm speaking on behalf of myself, but most of y'all know that I do work a uh, corporate job at a Fortune 50 company, not to be named, because again, I'm speaking on behalf of myself. This is not the views or anything of the organization that I work for. Um, but one of the things that I have you know, exposure to is a lot of consumer insights, right? So um, this is like marketing companies. So just picture major marketing companies go out, they spend millions of dollars to get data and to understand the trends of what's happening over the next one, two, five years, right? And then people like myself, um, we, you know, that work for organizations like I work to, we um, have to study and receive this information. And we've been receiving this the entire time during the pandemic. There have been companies and organizations, data companies that have been anticipating what you're, the consumer, right? I'm not going to call it you because you might not be a consumer. You're a contributor. But they are anticipating consumer behaviors. And then what happens is organizations craft material, selling material and uh, products and businesses. Um, you know, they make decisions based on where the trends are going. 
Now, you live in the trend, and you might lit, get to a trend like we're talking about today, the, meta, uh, the metaverse, and you might think, this is new. This just happened. No. Behind the scenes, this has been happening. And they knew that your behaviors were going to change. So what am I saying today? There are new behaviors that were developed during the pandemic. Um, and I I'll give you a couple examples. What, what are some new behaviors, Jay? Um, and some of these are going to stick and some of them are going to change. Think about this. Going to the movies. Before the pandemic, and I'm talking like just about right up to the day, like one, March 15th or something, Lavelle and them were trying to go to the show. And uh, I was like, I don't know. Like, ain't this new thing? Let me just see what's popping with the vibe real quick. You know what I'm saying? Not to be funny about the virus, but, you know, let me just see what's going on with this. What's my point is before that, we would always hit the show with Lavelle and Kenya. Like, me and Tiff hit the show with them. Like, that was the thing we did. Um, I ain't been to the show with Lavelle and Kenya since then. Now, I've been to the show. You know, I've been to the show several times. Because uh, for me, going to the movies is an experience and it's something that I'm willing to do and I like. But a lot of people don't go to the show anymore or uh, the, the, the movie theaters were closed for a long time. What did that mean? When new movies came out, then you were watching them from your home. What does that mean? That mean the industry changed right before your eyes. A movie, Black Widow, um, I think it grossed like 60 million in the first weekend on Disney streaming, maybe 80 million. Um, and was it because that was that was the ver first hybrid, maybe 80 in theaters, 60 on, on streaming. And um, the 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 actor, I can't think of her name, um, the Black Widow lady, but she had to sue them. She had to take them to court to get her money because her contract didn't consider the fact that there would be a different go-to-market. What's the point that I'm making? The point that I'm making is you took on new behaviors and didn't realize it. You started ordering your groceries to your door. Again, um, ordering your food and getting curbside service. Um, uh, watching movies right from your TV. Maybe you did it once or twice a year before last year, but now you're watching new releases on your TV. That's a whole new business model that was released. HBO Max, Amazon Prime, everybody started having their own movies with major stars coming out. The world changed. Business models changed. The flow of money in the economy changed. You lived it, but are you a contributor? Do you realize it? Do you understand what it means for you? Also, how you can create, you know, opportunities out of problems, but also how you can um, be able to proactively um, manage how the world around you is changing and how you want it to impact you. Here's the thing. We all going to be in this world regardless of, um, you know, anything. The whole point of being a contributor is to control how it affects you because you know what's going on. A consumer can only intake information and be told what to do. A contributor actually makes decisions and is able to be proactive about, ooh, hey, I see this happening. Let me make a change here so that this doesn't impact me in that way. I know lots of information today, but this is something again. Hey, y'all, I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. I actually am a legit swagged out nerd, you know, and I'm only swagged out sometimes anyway um, when I want to be. Um, other than that, I'm just a bummy nerd. And um, so what's my point? What is my point with all this? New behaviors. A couple more new behaviors that I don't want to overlook. People became the virus. See, this happened, and I don't know if you stopped and thought about this or not. Let's think about the conditions that we've accepted over the past year. Stay six feet away from me. Wear a mask when you're around me. Um, no, I don't want to have a, a, a birthday party with you. Let's do a virtual gathering. 
Um, let's do a, a drive by. I could do a drive by, but I can't be with you in the same room. Let's just um, text more. I can't tell you how many, how much my families, all of them love y'all, but my family, we got group texts over the last year. We might have sent five texts a week before last year, and we saw each other more and text less. And then last year happened, and it seemed like I can't even keep up. It's a thousand messages a day. We just texting anything. I'm tired. I'm hungry. What time is it? Where you at? It's like we texting everything, and we have less human interaction, and it happened, and we don't even know it happened yet. People became the virus. Stay away from me. Don't come around me. This is closed. I can't go here. Then anytime you're around people, oh, I, I, I hear people all the time like, oh, I can hug this. I'm vaccinated. You're explaining why you have human interaction. Listen, I understand education is more powerful than fear. That's my belief. And that's why, you know, I'm a person that believes you do have to think for yourself. You do have to be uh, safe and manage and uh, risk and things like that and mitigate risk. But also you have to be able to do that and critically think on your own, not just depend on people who are just making it up as they go so that they can do it for you. OK, another thing that happened last year is the world got really caught up in like, um, you know, politics. Right. The world really changed and it became this really politically driven thing. Remember, last year, everybody hated each other because they were white and black. Right. We did a show called More Christian Than Black. That's another great episode you should listen to. Um, I didn't write that one down, so I don't know what episode number it is. But we did More Christian Than Black. And the whole idea behind that was like, look, I see y'all all being mad about the race and all that. But my my anticipation was that that was just for political gain. And the moment that the uh, the presidency was won, then it was going to shift. And it did. It shifted instantly away from race to vaccination status. And that is what is amazing to me. But as a contributor, that did not catch me by surprise. And if you've been listening to this show and if you are a contributor and you think for yourself, that also didn't catch you by surprise. But got something to say. If you are a consumer, you have spent the last year and a half on a roller coaster ride and you can't see where the next drop is happening at. And that's a dangerous place to be, just living and, and taking all this information, doing everything. Oh, just the favorites new, news anchor said, do it, do it. The world really became different last year. And it's just, look, education is more powerful than fear. I'm not telling you any of this because I want to scare you or that you should be fearful, but I do want you to be aware of it. And I want you to be able to critically think so that you can decide, what does this mean for my family? What does this mean for my future? What do I take advantage of? What, what, are, what opportunities were presented? What do I stay away from? Those are things that you got to think, uh, think through for yourself. I'm not here to tell you what to do. All right, the last thing I want to do is say um, a couple more things about the impact of the, uh, you know, of, of the pandemic, right? Um, it obviously changed work, working and, and schooling from home. And um, I don't know how that's going to impact these kids, right? Kids that were used to being around other kids. again. People became the virus. This is something that I was really warning people around me from is like, hey, I understand the fear that everyone has and the risk and things like that. But if you live completely in risk, you'll never be able to do anything. If I lived in the statistic of the possibility of something going wrong with everything that I do, I'm sure there's a story out there that somebody got electrocuted while they were talking through a microphone. And if I just start studying statistics and risk, assessing everything, I will never be able to do anything because there's a lot of risk associated with just being alive. All right. Uh, but here's the thing. People became the virus. 
I think you got to be careful about that. You need to step back. If you've allowed people to become the virus, meaning people you love, people you care for. And again, I'm not telling you what you should do or how you should be. But what I am saying is that I do. What concerns me is I think that relationships and um, the interpersonal side of relationships will be fractured because people have spent the last year and a half not developing, not focusing on that and being uh, really distant and really um, treating people like they're not a person. And I just believe that as human beings, the way that God created us, we need that human interaction. We need that human touch. We need to be human. And um, to be alive and not to be human is a, is a really scary thing, for me at least. And I don't know that you could just, once you're doing something for, for two plus years, right? Again, a lot of these new behaviors are going to stick. And some people have taken on new behaviors and haven't even stopped to think about it. Haven't stopped to think about how it impacts the people around you, how it impacts you. Um, and again, when you're driven by fear, you're not thinking straight. And again, I'm not here to tell you what that fear is. That's for you to think for yourself. Last but not least, man, virtual doctor visits, right? Um, that was something. And ultimately, here's what happened, y'all. During the pandemic, the, the move to digital was really fast forwarded about 10 years. Now, we were already going to go digital. Anyway, things were going digital, but the one thing I'll say is this, shutting the world down, putting people in the house, getting them accustomed to really, through fear, adopting extreme digital, digitalization, digital, digitalization, I can talk, but they've, we've all really adopted this extreme digital nature. And again, I don't know that it was on purpose, but even if it wasn't, it fast forwarded everything. And again, we're in this world and it happened. Some people don't even know it happened. You know what? Crazy thing about it is that was just the beginning. We are about to get into the metaverse, but before I do that, I do want to suggest another episode that I believe you should listen to. Go back and check this out. Um, this episode is episode 108. It's called Purpose Pusher. I was in a bag on this show. I was going in. You definitely want to listen to episode 108. Even if you already heard it, I would say go back and listen to it. And the reason I'm suggesting other episodes for you to go listen to, number one, I want you to go back and listen and think about like, see, here's the thing with me. I told y'all I'm abstract. There are some times that I do things and I'm not forcefully doing them. I'm just nudging you, right? There were things that I wanted to push the audience and challenge the audience on focusing on purpose. Um, I, I talked about not leaving the pandemic empty handed. I told y'all, and I'm going to keep saying this. One thing that nobody will ever be able to say to me as it relates to business or success. Right. And I'm specifically saying that because as a human being, we all got flaws. Even as a business person, I got flaws. But what I'm saying is that the people around me, there are things that I really believe that um, I was trying to proactively do that. I felt led by God to do during that pandemic. And I wanted to just share the blueprint with people. So it's like anything, wherever it leads me to. Now, maybe you like, hey, this leads somewhere bad. I don't like where he where he ended up. He ain't that successful, whatever, whatever. I don't want that blueprint. But I documented it. Um, I documented it indirectly and abstractly. These were all the things that I was doing at, in real time during the pandemic. So check out Purpose Pusher. Listen to the message of how I was trying to push you to purpose during some of the most challenging times in the world of our history, uh, our personal history and our lifetime, 
We just lived through some crazy stuff. We're living through some crazy stuff. And some of us haven't stopped just to be like, dang, I just lived through some crazy stuff, right? We just going because everybody else running, so we running. Here's what we going to do. We're going to take a quick one-minute break. I'm going to play some song. I don't even know what song. I'm about to pull a song up because I just want to gap. I want you to be able to relax because there's a lot of information and content being thrown at you. So you could take the next minute and listen to my song or daydream before we you. talk about because I really the love it right here. You know how hard it is to have people that know you but don't know you for real. Living life on the surface, I like to call them surfers. I prefer to swim with the divers. They see the treasure as the people inside. Simple, but quite deep if you've allowed yourself to become more accustomed to the shallow waters. Question, are you more afraid to swim or more afraid to drown? Maybe just afraid to find out who you really are. Then finally, they'll have to judge me or love me for who I am. Let's talk about it. Sometimes I feel like I got the best friends and family. Other times I feel like they don't understand me Like I'm too different No politicking for instance Too much money involved I know business is business They screaming Black Lives Matter Make America great I say you wanna be free Then you gotta be saved Sometimes agree with the blacks Sometimes agree with the white At the end of the day I just wanna be like Christ And that's offensive even to Christians How do you explain? You just heard Judge Me or Love Me by yours truly J. Will Music that is from a project I actually released last year. It's entitled The Inspiration. Um, check it out. It was just three or four songs. I think it was three songs. That is actually one of my favorite songs, personally, that I've ever done. The Inspiration. The song is called Judge Me or Love Me. And you can search anywhere where you can listen to music. That's Spotify, Apple Music, um, iTunes, anywhere. Anything that still exists. Or you could just literally Google J. Will Music, and you will hear my music. And that's spelled J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. It's all one word. There are no spaces and there's only one L in will. J-W-I-L music. You know how to spell that. Let's get into it. All right, people. So let's continue our talks. We are now getting closer to the dynamics of the metaverse. Uh, really, the um, intention for real, for real was like we already really talking about it. But that's the whole point I make with like sometimes you got to like let people know how something is already impacting them before they can understand like what it is and how it will impact them. So if you don't even, you know, if a person didn't understand like what has been happening during the pandemic, then it would be harder for them to pull the pieces to everything together. And we still on the surface, but as we dig a little deeper and pull back one layer, at least, right. We got to look at the phases of the internet. And this is another thing, like we all own the internet, like as consumers, you feel me? Like we own there, we using it every day. But do we understand how what we've been living has been progression? I can talk, promise you I can, how it's been progressing. So internet could be looked at, looked at in three phases, web one, web two, web three, all right? So we've already been on you know, like web one, I'll give it to you like this. Web one was information. So when you think about for those of us who were alive when the internet launched and it came out, like I remember, man, like I was young, but I remember like my dad having like the DSL joint to dial up and it went real slow and it made the noise. Like it was like, you had to start up a computer, like a car. Like it was like a car that wouldn't start. And it took a long time, right? And it launched and it was like, wow, the internet. Like, 
And I remember it was like people like, yeah, this is going to be the future. And we looking like, hey, this look pretty boring to me because it was all about information. So even the people who were using the Internet, it was a completely different use case than like some young people today might even be able to imagine. The Internet was like a textbook. And it really was about like access to information. Email and things were new and um, or developing or newer. And it was like, you know, people just you didn't know how to use the email. You weren't just casually using email. It was typically at the time for like business related, maybe for school. You had, you know, like had to start getting one. But you weren't just emailing everything the way we do today. It was it was real different. And your email names were random. That's how you got like people still got their email name. Now and it's like juicy, juicy licious at yahoo.com and you like man uh uh, uh mother uh, uh mother how you mother smith how how your name juicy licious mother smith like i wasn't always a mother and an evangelist son mother used to get a groove on anyway so that was like phase one of the internet information uh web two was socialization so this is, you know, if you look at web one and this is me giving rest, rough estimates, I haven't actually researched like, is there, a, is there exact dates that people consider the transition? I'm going from having lived in it. And so what I'm going to tell you is like, you know, you could look at 99 to like 06, 05, 06 as like information. Um, and then socialization really started in about 2006, 2007. Um, maybe a little sooner. Again, it could be some overlap. Maybe it was 04. I don't know. But at some point, the internet went from informational to social, right? And even, even the phases themselves have different levels, right? So I would argue that the, the social level of the internet in 2007 was nowhere near where the social level is now. It's all about adoption, too. How do people adopt and, and get and accept these behaviors? So as an example, when Facebook launched, it originally was only for people with college addresses. And if you've seen the movie The Social Network, then, you know, spoiler alert, you and how Facebook was developed, you've seen this part of it. Um, and anyway, it was only for college addresses. So it's like, dang, like it was such a limited group of people, not based on your age, anything, just like this is a way for college people to connect. So as you could imagine, it's a lot of people that didn't go to college. A lot of people have no, because you needed a college email address to get active on there. So by default, they wouldn't have been able to get on. Or if you weren't actively in college, because like, I'm not in college no more. I don't have access to my college email address anymore. That thing expires when you graduate. So at the end of the day, it was for a specific group of people. And you had other websites out there. Blackplanet.com was one of them um, that a lot of young people when I was in school were on. Um, and then later came MySpace and things like that. But what's my point? There was this Web 2. The last 15 years have all really been about integrating uh, the social aspect of the Internet. And we were living it and doing it without really knowing what it was. And so what's an example of like, let's talk about Web 2. It's the day you started uh, a Facebook account, the day you uh, started Whenever you started the behavior, ask yourself this. When did I start the behavior of if I get a new car, posting a picture of it and putting it out publicly online? Like, that's a behavior. Again, some of us been living in this stuff and we just doing stuff and we never stopped. When did I start the behavior of raising the phone above me 
And like, no matter where I go, I got to do video. I got to do pictures. Like I'm talking all of us, right? Like, like the, this idea of a selfie where your arm becomes a stick, a prop, like a tripod to hold and angle this angle. When did you learn that? When was the first time you took a phone and raised your hand like that? Some of us, we did it, but we never thought about it. You were experiencing socialization. You were now starting to leverage the internet as a way to socialize your personal life. And in the beginning, maybe somebody highlighted major events, right? Maybe it was like, oh, I took a picture of something random. Maybe I, you know, shared a monumental occasion. My son graduated sixth grade, whatever, right? But then at some point, it progressed. At some point, you started without even thinking about it, sharing your most intimate moments of life through the internet. You were experiencing Web 2 internet as a consumer. And while that was happening, now I want to talk to you about contributors. While that was happening, Steve Jobs was developing the first iPhone at Apple, and people were investing in it. And this is where I start talking about stocks and investing in things. And if a person would have maybe invested a uh, $10,000 back in 2006, I'm sure that would be at least $1 million by now in Apple, right? The contributors invested, the consumers purchased. The contributors might not even spend as much time on their phones as a consumer. See, being a contributor puts you in control of the situation. But most consumers were being socialized because, again, remember I told you, I work at an organization and I get access and exposure to marketing insights and things. There are things that people are planning for to sell you things before you ever are even ready or you even know you're going to be able to need them. Like, you don't even know how you're going to be experiencing the movie in two years. But the theaters are, are practicing for it. They're preparing for it. The streaming companies are prepared because they're the contributors. They're planning how you're going to be consumed. It's crazy how it works. So as this socialization was taking place, right, you were being socialized. You started uh, sharing selfies when you get a haircut or you get your hair done. And then it went beyond that. Then we started, listen to this, right? And we have a lot of shows about this. Again, I talk about things abstractly. The first episode, I think we were talking about learning how to disagree and not arguing with people on the internet all day. I've done many shows about these topics. We're just pulling it all together. We started actually doing things like having arguments on the internet. We started posting our political views on the internet. We started sharing, um, you know, our, our children being born. I've seen children like fresh from birth. Like he's still wet with the birth juice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I would, uh, he fresh out the womb. But that at some point as consumers, and again, I'm not, I don't want to judge you. I only want to challenge you because I really love you. You know how hard it is. Anyway, my point is I ain't judging you. I'm just challenging the fact that we've been consumers the whole time. Look, by the way, I was a consumer during this time too. See, I had to graduate to become a contributor. I've been a consumer, been a consumer, right? Now, here's the thing about, about it that makes it interesting, right? As everything was being socialized, people were, their lives were being changed off of it. They were investing, they were doing all kinds of things. 
they were in control of how they use this new thing that they created. But as a consumer, you're at the mercy. You just keep, you adopt it more and more. Then Facebook brings out new features and then Snapchat comes and then uh, Instagram comes and, oh, they do stories now. And then TikTok comes and now like on TikTok. And again, this, I'm not criticizing nobody. I'm just telling you at some point this happened. And I want you to think about at what point did I accept this as a consumer that I would do this? Because now on TikTok, people play dress up at home. And I'm just like telling you, like, as grown adults, we get up on TikTok and you mouth like the scene and you do dress like people change their outfits. They like you throw something in the air and then you got on a different shirt when it come down. It's like, oh, we clean up pretty good. You start off with jogging pants. Then you got on a three piece suit like and you're not going nowhere. See, this is you ain't going nowhere. You on the Internet. <laughs> you socialized. All right, what's my point with all this? Am I saying socialization is evil? No, I'm not. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, but I am saying that as a contributor, I learn how to use it less. I learn how to manage what I'm doing as a contributor because I'm also understanding what their goals are. I follow the business. And I know this, too. This is the, this the last thing I'm going to say. We're going to move on from socialization. Like, I noticed this, man. The more I became a contributor, y'all, I've been – and, it, again, this has been happening – over the last few years since I've been doing this show. Probably the first time you had, whatever first episode I said, being a contributor versus a consumer, that probably entered my mind and I never stopped thinking about it. I never stopped building towards it since then. And what's my point? My point is that at the end of the day, the mainstream media does not actually report on everything. And I know I'm not breaking news with that, but I think some of us are just such consumers that we just, we got our channels, we listen to our stations and we take whatever they give us. And I'm telling you, once you become a consumer and start searching stuff for your own, there's a lot of things I've learned over the last couple of years. And I'm like, wow, why? It's here. Like, so this whole idea, welcome to the metaverse. Let's now, let, let's, let's, let's keep enhancing this conversation and progressing it. Welcome to the metaverse. Here's the thing about it to me. The metaverse isn't new. I actually just broke down to you how and why you've been in it. And I got a couple more things to say about that to convince you if you ain't convinced yet. The thing is, you've been in a metaverse. It just didn't have a name. I used to call it The Matrix because ever since that was one of my favorite movies back in the day. And ever since I saw that movie, I'm like, yo, as things were progressing, we were getting socialized. I'm like, yo, we plugging in, we tapping into The Matrix. Why do I say that? All of us have people that we know in real life that we follow on social media. Everybody knows somebody who is presenting themselves on social media in a 100 completely 100% completely different way than their real life. Cuz through socialization as it has progressed, it has become this tool where you can become anything. You can become Neo in the Matrix. And as long as you're plugged in, you can live a fantasy or present a life that is not your real reality. And that's a deep thing when you think about it, but it's been happening. I'm going to tell you one of the more concerning things for me is that through this socialization, see, we didn't just become socialized. We started valuing the socialization more than the real life. Now, y'all have heard me talk about a lot of times on this show and then what I just kind of broke down through the impact of the pandemic 
It caused people through the access to virtual and digital worlds to actually prioritize the virtual and digital world. Like I said, I got friends and family where we will send a thousand messages, but if you ask somebody to meet you somewhere that's 30 minutes away, they have a thousand excuses as to why it can't happen. And I'm not, look, I'm not tripping on nobody. I just, I literally, I just like to tell y'all how it is. Like I'm not, this ain't, you know, so this ain't like to nobody personally. I, you know, I got friends, family listening to the show. People are, you talking about me? No, I ain't talking about nobody. I'm talking about everybody. <laughs> so my point is this, like we've started at some point when we became socialized, we started actually valuing the socialization. Meaning this, I value taking a nice picture and I'm not saying this literally, but I'm giving an example. I value, I value taking a nice picture, presenting it to y'all online, making myself look happily married, than actually being happily married and nobody knows about it. Like most people these days, if you had a choice to be happy and nobody knows or present happiness and everybody sees it, they would present the happiness. They would hate each other in real life. But if they had the opportunity to present the happiness, because this is the weight of the digital value. Like people value their digital social, like I value, like what you think of me, that means something. And in many cases, it means more than reality. Meaning this, if you think I'm successful to a lot of people, they're satisfied even if they're not successful. We've talked about these type of things on the show. If you piece them all together, I've talked about being careful about saying things too much or the power of your brain and your mind. That if you allow yourself to think something, it becomes a reality and the chemicals in your body, according to a lot of um, scientists and doctors, um, you know, your body releases different chemical um, satisfactory uh, measures that if you just say you did something long enough or talk about it, your body will your brain will think you did it and it'll release the same chemicals um, that satisfy you from talking about it as if you really did it. What am I saying? People are satisfied chemically, scientifically through their brain based on what the, like, oh, you like this picture a thousand times. I'm satisfied with that. Now it changes my reality. That's a huge part to this whole idea of welcoming you to the metaverse. Now, before I move on and really um, and dig a little deeper, um, I want you to take a step back and think about the, uh, do I want to, no, let, let's wait, let's wait on the movies. Let, let's, let me say these, uh, I got five things to throw out there first, which some of them are already threw out there, but this is, so what I gave you web one was information. Web two was socialization. Um, we'll talk about web three in one second, which is really kind of welcoming you to the metaverse. What I would say today is we are in 2.5. So I might as well tell you what three is. Web three is digitization. Web three is digitization. Digitization. Is that a real word or did I just make it up? Web three is where you actually merge the two worlds. And so first, let me just tell you where I think we are today. This is my speculation, in my opinion, based on a lot of studying. Um, I've studied, I've put hours of study into this, um, hours. And actually, I put hours of study into this before it's starting to become a little ma more mainstream now. Mainstream now. All right. So I think we're at 2.5 today. We are somewhere between socialization and digitization. Oh, my God. Digitata. I can talk. Let's just say digi. We're somewhere between social and digi. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I say we're at 2.5, and here's the reason why. Here are a couple things I want. I got five things I want you to think about before we talk about what Web3 uh, really is. One, social media, right? 
I already told you that. Social media, we've progressed from social, and we are like almost digital, but we're not all the way there yet. We have basically fragmented elements of the metaverse already existing that we're using. Think about Siri, right? You use your phone, and at some point, there was a new feature introduced, and you started talking to your phone, and you were amazed and intrigued because the phone could talk back to you like it was a person. This is the beginning of digitalization, right? See, see, we've already accepted a lot of these behaviors, and again, not to the point of this is to let you know this isn't this is I'm not just jumping on something new. We've been talking about this. Uh, we've been talking about managing how you're on social media, managing all these things, and being in control of it. But at some point, we just accepted talking to our phone. Then we got Alexa. So this is the Internet of Things (IoT). Again. A contributor knows this. If you want to be a contributor, these are the type of things that you know and understand because these are the things that you're actually consuming and buying in the store. See, a consumer is only interested in just show me the final product, show it to me boxed up and ready to go, sell me something new, I'll buy it. I don't know what it is. A contributor understands what it is so that can control and actually influence how much of a buyer they want to be. Put you in the driver's seat being a con contributor. There's also opportunities within being a contributor because if there's uh, something or some aspect of this stuff that you like or some industry that you like, then from a business perspective, you could take advantage of it. You can invest. Imagine how many of us, and again, this is why I want to tell y'all like, er, th this is why I said what I said in the beginning. Um, well, I'm not trying to say something is absolutely right or wrong. That's up to you. But the one issue I have with people is, We'll jump on the bandwagon of saying something is all wrong and it's demonic and all that stuff. And then we'll five minutes later talk to Siri or five minutes later raise our hand to take a picture with our phone. That's the Internet of Things, IoT. When we took the Internet and started putting it in other stuff outside of a computer, see, that was some of the building blocks for where we are now. Oh, now my TV is smart. Now my watch is smart. I just saw the other day, Ray-Ban has just re released um, last week um, some smart glasses. I don't even know how those work, but they take pictures and videos or something, but they just sunglasses on your face. So my point is this. When they started taking the internet and putting it in things, we got to understand what that meant. Again, the world changed around us. You started talking to your phone, and you don't know when the first time you did it was. Nine times out of 10. We put smart thermostats and Alexa home and Siri home, Apple home. Like we integrated this stuff. We've been in the metaverse, y'all. But welcome to the metaverse. I'm just welcoming you somewhere that you've been the whole time and you just didn't know where you was at because you were running because you were afraid. They was just telling you to run. You saw other people running. You ran. You started posting pictures of your newborn baby on there. You started posting pictures of your house with the address and showing us everywhere you go in real time. And again, I'm not here to judge that. I'm only telling you what happened. All right. So then from there, we have gaming. This is just where we are today. I believe this is Web 2.5, and that's unofficially me just saying that. This is somewhere between social and digital. The third part is gaming. Now, gaming really intrigues me, y'all. I'm going to tell y'all, gaming intrigues me at a lot of levels. Um, from a business perspective, gaming is a multi-billion dollar industry, by the way. Like, um, if you look at, like I said, there's an addictive nature to it. So, like, I don't have a game system because the games are so real. It just make you want to be in the game, like, right? Um, so, as a contributor, I just got to, uh, like, even if I had a game, I would have to monitor that with myself. Like, 
I be, and that's a personal decision. I'm not telling you how long you got to play a game. I'm just saying for me, I I value the real world. And it's it's interesting to me because because I'm so conscious of the way I value the real world, I'm also conscious of how much people around me don't value the real world. Like it's such a hassle for people to do real things now because they could just do it digitally. Hey, why call you and wish you a happy birthday and talk to you or come see you when I could just like Put it on Facebook. And then people, will, there are people that will get mad because you didn't give them a Facebook shout out. Breaking news, y'all. I've never been mad because you didn't shout me out on Facebook. Like, that's not real life to me. I actually think it's lazy sometimes, but maybe then there's a convenience to it. So let me, again, I'm not trying to say something is absolutely wrong. If your mother lives in California and you live in Idaho, the internet could be the greatest thing ever. FaceTime could be the greatest thing ever, right? But some of us live around a corner from each other or 30 minutes from each other, and we'll FaceTime every day, but then won't take 20 minutes to go have lunch with somebody. That's just the way I see it. But um, gaming is really intriguing because if you want to understand the metaverse and what it, not just where we are today, but what it will be, you have to understand gaming. Now, here's a couple reasons why. Um, Fortnite, I believe, is one of is the number one highest grossing revenue video game of all time. And that they got like over five billion last year in 2020, um, which was an increase. I forget the percentage of increase over 2019, um, but this was all because people were paying money for items in game. Now, I want you to think about something. Why do you think their revenue increased in 2020 versus 2019? I think 2019 might have been 1.3 billion and something. And I'm 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 kind of estimating these numbers, um, but it went to five billion in 2020. And I believe that was largely because of what? Because people were forced to be at home. See, this is how everything is connected. Like I said before, if you're forced to be at home, the industries and, and there are people that are making money off of you. There, and I think we, there's a term that financial people say, follow the money. People tell you follow the money all the time because if you follow who's making the money, that's going to tell you the truth behind what's really happening and the purpose behind it. No different than like the vaccines and things like that. I follow the money and we're not going to get into vaccines today, but I follow the money. And I'm telling you, if you follow the money, you might learn some things, might surprise you, might challenge you, may even strengthen your current convictions. But following the money, you can almost never go wrong. Follow the people making money. Follow the people who have laws to protect them from losing money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, money, the love of it could be very evil, right? We know that the love of money is the root of all evil. This is why I also believe in being a contributor because it puts me in a driver's seat into how I think about things like money, how I think about what do I want to invest in? What do I want to be a part of? What do I want to stay from? When I make myself a contributor, when I grow to become a contributor, I put myself in a driver's seat. I put my family in a driver's seat. And instead of just simply accepting and receiving and consuming and buying everything, now I can look and know what's coming before us here. And then I could decide what do I want to invest in? What do I want to stay away from? What do I like? What don't I like? What aspects am I not sure about, right? But at least I am not just simply at this point a consumer. You are no longer a consumer. You a contributor. Welcome to the metaverse. So gaming, here's how it is. And some people have kids and y'all know how this works and some don't. So I'm going to start with the very simple things. Kids these days, I've seen it a million times where a kid says, 
hey, ma, hey, grandma, hey, whoever, I need some money for the game. I never really knew what they were talking about. I started doing some research with the little nieces and nephews around me who play games. I've even played some of these games with them. One of the games being Roblox. Roblox is interesting to me. I never played Fortnite, but I've watched kids play it. The reason is really understand, it's important to understand games if you're going to understand what's coming in the broader metaverse is because games mixed with social media are pretty much what will be the metaverse. Games are pretty much already the metaverse. So here's some things about it. In these games, I, I played Roblox and I'm in this game and I'm asking myself, what are we doing? What's the point? And they're like, we're just here. I'm like, huh? They're like, yeah, look at my stuff. So we go in a house, we go in a room, we could teleport different places. You can drive a car, you can play a game. At one point I sat down and I was on the computer and I'm like, wait a minute. So this is a game or what, what is the point? The point is to live in the game. You're building things, you're buying things, right? You're buying land and things like that. The thing about it today, right? So I want y'all to think about it. Today, your kids are likely already, or even you, are likely already playing games. And again, Fortnite made $5 billion on in-game purchases. Y'all already doing it, probably, or somebody you know is already doing it. And you don't even necessarily think anything is wrong about it, so don't get self-righteous now. And the reason I'm joking when I say that, but I'm serious because this is what I mean by, like, education is more powerful than fear. Before we jump to conclusions, let's assess our current situation and ask ourselves, what do we already do? I'm already on social media every day. I'm already scrolling two hours a day. I'm already playing games three hours a day. Like I'm in the metaverse. Welcome to the metaverse. You already been here, but I'm just welcoming you to where you've been already. All right. So with games, you buy all these things in the game and what is going to change in the future. All right. So we talked about today, you buy these things in a game and Fortnite Roblox What's going to change in the future. Or uh, let me say what happens today. Today, when you buy the things in the game, you don't own them. You're just paying for items in the game. You're paying uh, Fortnite and Roblox and making them rich. And you walk away, right? You can only use it if you play the game, but you don't own it. It's not yours. You just play. You just have to pay for it to use it in the game. That is monumental. Because, first of all, you're willing to pay real-life money for items in the game. That's a new behavior. Before we played a game like for a purpose of like a start to finish, like we never played a game that we lived in or we built a house in or we just like we just driving a car like the whole game is doing nothing and people spend hours on it. And what do they do in the game? You can run into your friends and talk to your friends. So now, again, remember, these are people because people are not a virus. These are people that you can't go around them in real life. God forbid um, that's just too risky and too dangerous. So I can't go around people. So now I just talk to people in digital forms, FaceTime, Facebook, video, text. I don't see you in real life. We just have accepted that we are in this thing that we don't know what it is yet. There are really two last, uh, last big pieces I'm going to say before we dive even deeper into web three. Uh, I know this is a lot of information. I'm enjoying talking about it. Like I told you, I am a nerd. I hopefully warned you. If you are not a nerd or you're not interested in this, you just may not be interested in being a contributor in this regard. I'm not going to judge you. But hey, if you had an opportunity to invest in Apple, 
um, back in 2006 and have ownership of some of the iPhone, I'm sure you would have did it. And if a person is like, I wouldn't have done that. Those people made evil money. That's horrible. Then my question is like, how many iPhones have you had in the last 10 years? How many Samsung Galaxy, Galaxies have you had in the last 10 years? Why is it okay to be a consumer, to stand in line for hours, to buy it and to take pictures and consume it? But it's just so evil and so wrong to be a contributor and to invest in it. That's just a question that I have for people. Like, let's just be consistent. If I have a problem with investing with some, in something, which I do have a problem with investing in certain things that I don't invest in and I stay away from, but I try to also make sure that I'm not also doing those things in real life. Because then it's like, oh, you kind of being self-righteous and hypocritical if you have such a huge problem with investing in something, um, but you don't have a problem using it as a consumer. The reason I'm specifically talking about investing in this regard is because some people just have problems with everybody who got money. People with money are the evil people and the poor people are the saints. And it's like, well, how many of us are poor by choice? Many of us are poor because we just accepted a reality that everybody put before us and we just accepted the free money. And that's another way that, you know, changed the world, like all the free money printing, the stimulus checks, like, you know, not many people probably have it now. Um, it didn't. So you didn't sustain it. But then now in, inflation is here. You're just going to pay for it through your taxes and through inflation. Um, and so they're going to get their money back. That's just how it works. There's nothing in free, nothing is free in this world. So it's like, we can't complain about taxes if we celebrated the stimulus check or can't complain about inflation. If we celebrated the printing of money, that's just, it's just cause and effect at the end of the day. Um, the last thing is, um, number five is social credit, right? So we had, you know, last year and, and or where we are now in this web 2.5 is that people are starting to judge you, uh, cancel culture. Now, now, remember, um, I remember when I was a kid, you never, my parents, you didn't, they didn't even, people didn't ask who you voted for. I remember that as a kid. It was almost offensive to ask someone who you voted for. Now, not only can you, do you openly tell who you voted for, but we build our entire belief system about who people and who they are, who they are around political issues, vaccinated versus non-vax, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, Trump, uh, make America great again. Uh, versus, uh, you know, Obama or Hillary or whatever. It's like we are now living our lives through socialization and digital, digit. Oh my God, digital, digitalization, 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 digitalization. This is a new nation, new, new station. Uh, anyway, started treating it like a rap. Then I can get it. But we 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 now cancel people based on their personal beliefs, because if your personal beliefs are a part of the social or digital world, now that is a part of your identity. I could start judging you on that. I believe that this is speculation because um, I know they do it. I think in China, we've covered this before, at least a year ago. Um, they have a social credit score. So, um, you know, start judging you. Imagine if if your ability to get approved for a house or a car was based on your tweets and your Instagram posts. That's also a reason that I believe as we talk about taking in these things in moderation is maybe if I understood as a contributor how all these things work, it would alter how I consume it. Meaning maybe I won't put all these pictures of my baby on here or whatever. And I'm not saying it's wrong to put a picture of your baby. I'm thinking out loud when I have kids. I could tell you my child won't hit the internet day one. I could tell you that much. Lord willing, me and my wife had kids. You will not see a picture of my baby fresh out the womb. Because as a contributor, I understand that once, number one, anything I post on social media, they own it. Social Facebook can put that on a commercial if they wanted to. You don't own it. It's the data. It's, uh, it's so much to it. Anyway, 
Now let's move on. Welcome to the metaverse. Hopefully you're enjoying this because I'm such a nerd and I'm enjoying this a lot. Let's take a brief break. And we are actually almost done. We're in the home stretch of this. And I know this is a lot of information. Feel free to shoot me an email, Music at gmail.com. Also, look in the description of the show. Um, you will find links to how to reach me. Um, and um, hopefully you're getting some value out of this. I'm enjoying talking about it. Super nerdy. And this is the high-level stuff. This ain't even really the nerdy stuff. There's a whole other element of this stuff from a business perspective that I'm very well-versed in. I'm not an expert, but I'm very well-versed. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. This ain't even that. This is just this is just top line stuff. All right. Let's talk about these movies real quick. Spoiler alert. I'm going to talk about three movies. I'm just going to mention them, really. Ready Player One, The Matrix, and Iron Man. If you haven't seen those movies, um, number one, especially Re Ready Player One, I would suggest you go check it out. But I am about to have some spoiler alerts right here in the next 30 seconds. So I want to give you time if you don't want to hear nothing about it to kind of like turn this off, pause, fast forward, whatever you got to do. All right. Spoiler alert. Uh, let's start in reverse. Let's go. Um, let's start with The Matrix. Right. I mentioned The Matrix. When you look at The Matrix, it was really again, I'm. That was a detailed movie, but the really what I really grabbed from it, even from early on, was this guy, when he took this pill to enter this different world, right, and to really become one, talking about digitalization, to become, a not to just use the internet, not to just post on social media and post your family or have a social identity, but to become it. Welcome to the metaverse. This is the, the merging of Web 2, the, the social and the digital. So when he entered the Matrix, he became Neo. You realize how dope Neo was? But did we ever stop to ask ourselves, who is he in real life? Now, again, as the movie progresses, there are different layers. You, you definitely get to know him in real life. But I could tell you this. In real life, the food they was eating didn't look good. The clothes they had weren't nice. In real life, they looked horrible. But when they entered that matrix, it was a beautiful thing. Black trench coats, guns, fighting. Ah, ooh, I'm the man. I'm dodging bullets. Real life, you mess around and get shot, bro. What's my point? That he became something different. Something, you could argue, something better something imaginative, at least in his mind. He became invincible when he plugged into the Matrix. The one thing that I like about the Matrix is, I don't know what their real purpose was, honestly, but um, it was abstract, and I like abstract sometimes with movies. But what I like about it is like, you know, if you died in the Matrix, you died in real life. And I think it's important for us to understand as the world merges into this metaverse of social and digital, that regardless of what you think about it, regardless of whether you're for it or against it, it's going to happen, number one. That's the first thing. So education is um, more powerful than fear. But secondly, do we consider that the things we post and the things we do does impact our real life? Sometimes I think we don't stop to think about that. Like, do we ever realize that, hey, this identity and this way that you're living in social media, like it has... An effect. There's a cause and effect. It, there's going to be something that's the result of what you're doing. So if I'm just 
If I can't have a good moment without posting it on social media, that's a behavior that I'm training and I'm doing that. And it's like, yo, like, what does this mean for the real me? How happy am I if I need your likes? If I need your likes to like me, for me to like myself, that in real life isn't that great. The Matrix impacts real life. Second movie, Iron Man. Iron Man, when you think about, what's the, uh, what's the suit name? I can't think of his name. Oh, that's going to irritate me. Why can't I think of his name right now? Oh, that's super irritating. Anyway, y'all know the, the suit, the name of the suit. I can't think of it. Um, but Iron Man, the way he, like, is on a computer, you know how, like, his computer is just like a digital, like, he in real life, but everything around him is digital. He can just move stuff around when he building a suit, and he could just, ah, 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 go here and there, right? At a high level, that's a sign of things to come, people. That is pretty much the metaverse, like, in full-fledged. I know that might scare some people. That might throw some people off. Um, that name is at the tip of my brain, too. The name of the suit. Um, my point is, that is really, when you think about what is the metaverse, that's a large part of it. That complete emergence of augmented reality, the digital and the real, when you could do digital things in real life and when digital things have value in real life, which that already exists today, that's already happening. Um, again, as contributors, we know these things ahead of time. As consumers, we just are there to be ready to consume them as they happen. Jarvis. I had to stop. I just had to pause and like Google it. Jarvis. All right. Jarvis. Jarvis. Siri. Alexa. Like, is it ringing a bell? Bringing it into your home, doing all these things, right? And as consumers, things are cool. So how a lot of things are sold to us is like, hey, look at this. You can be an avatar. How many of us have... What is it? Memojis and avatars now, right? You're already in the metaverse. Now, the last movie I want to say is Ready Player One. I suggest you watch this movie. This is, oh, uh, man, that's coming too. It's, it's somewhere between, see, the difference between Iron Man and Ready Player One is that Ready Player One causes you to have to enter somewhat like the Matrix, right? So you're entering through your VR glasses, your goggles, your Oculus, like Facebook has Oculus now. You see that everywhere. You Maybe you know what Oculus is. Maybe you don't, but it's been there. They've been sponsoring on NBA courts and stuff for the last year or so. So Ready Player One, you enter the, the metaverse, let's call it, through, um, through these VR goggles, whereas Iron Man is this complete emergence without the goggles, right? So... I don't know how it's going to end up being as a transition. I think we may get some variation of both, to be honest, but you're probably going to have to have, I mean, again, the goggles probably will just become more and more normal, meaning look like the, the Ray-Bans uh, smart glasses or whatever, right? Versus you looking, walking around with these big things on your head, I'm sure there will be a way to emerge it in the future from that standpoint. I don't know that stuff. This is speculation from how it'll happen. I know a lot of the businesses and things that are building this stuff. But again, this is all at the beginning stage. This is the Internet being built from scratch. So um, here's the point of all this. Ready Player One is a movie you should check out. They live in the game as avatars and they value the life in the game as avatars. So let me bring this home. What is the metaverse? 
The whole thing is, the whole point of everything today was not to necessarily introduce you to all these new elements, but to actually point out what you already do. You're already there. That's why education is more powerful than fear, because people can hear the metaphors and they get all nervous. And there may be some things to be concerned about. But it's like, well, are you concerned about the things you've already accepted? The things that you are already doing as an absolute norm, are you worried about those? Because if you're not, don't tell me you're worried about the metaverse because you're already in it. I'm going to tell you how. As the digital and physical merge, here's what happened this week, right? The metaverse has been developing for for some years now, number one. Like there have been companies working on this for years, literally calling it a metaverse. But something interesting happened this week. Facebook came out and changed their name of their parent company from Facebook to Meta. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. They changed their name from Facebook to Meta. And they changed their stock ticker, I think, to MRVS or MR, yeah, maybe some, basically Metaverse. So now Facebook is called Meta, but here's the thing. This is why this stuff is so interesting to me. You'll still log on Facebook as Facebook. You know, they own Instagram and WhatsApp and different things, right? So you'll log on those apps, at least today, as it stands, um, as individual apps. I don't, this is me speculating now. I don't think that'll always be the case. I think that's how they have to introduce it because they have to introduce it in a way where you're comfortable. And again, behaviors are gradually changed. People don't change your behavior and tell you like, hey, I'm changing your behavior. I have this new feature that's going to make you put your newborn baby on the internet for everybody to like screenshot pictures and do whatever they want. Now everybody has a, a picture of you and your family. Like nobody tells you this stuff. They just do it and they introduce it to consumers in the form of features. This is why I love being a contributor, y'all, because I can assess it from the contributor angle before I ever assess it as a consumer. So Facebook changes their names. You're asking, like, who cares? Well, they also hired 10,000 employees in Europe to build out their metaverse. And they produced a video. You can find it on YouTube. If you type in Facebook metaverse, they got like a 10 minute video. They break it down. They actually show, show some examples. You can see this in real life on um, what this is going to look like. Now, I got a couple of feelings about this from a business perspective. Number one, Facebook is under a lot of heat right now. You got whistleblowers. Um, they're accused of a lot of things. Um, a lot of they're under a lot, a lot of scrutiny about the way they censor um, some things. And so Facebook isn't under a lot of heat. So number one. It's really convenient for them right now to change the name of their parent company to Meta. Again, because in the stock world, in the business world, they'll be referred to as Meta. You might not care because you're logging on to Facebook.com or Instagram, but they will be called Meta, just like Google's uh, parent company name is Alphabet now. Now, again, from a business perspective, to uh, to be named and identified as Meta gets a little bit of maybe attention off of Facebook, and maybe they want to get away from uh, some of the reputation of Facebook. That's already out there. Here's what I think. This is this is my opinion now. From a business perspective, Mark Zuckerberg is a savage. He is a savage. At least according to the movie The Social Network, um looking at the fact that the, you know, the original idea from Facebook was stolen from the Winklevoss twins, they're like 
at least the way he was portrayed in that movie, and we know that was real that that happened, and he had to settle in a lawsuit with them. Like, it showed me that he doesn't care about stealing ideas. He just wants Facebook to be number one. So here's what you got to understand. What's savage about this? Mark Zuckerberg did not come up with the name The Metaverse. There are various companies out there that have been developing this stuff for the past, you know, four to five years. Um, there's been a whole, there's a whole world of this stuff that exists, right? Most of it has lived somewhere within cryptocurrency. Um, some of it with, with outside of that world, but ultimately what he's done is looked at the opportunity of where things are going. And basically once again, without anybody really saying it took, he's taking credit for something he didn't create. Like this whole idea the metaverse has been out there and the metaverse is more of a general term about the around these digital worlds that exist. But he took it. OK, here's the example I have for y'all. It's kind of like Kleenex, right? Um, when people say Kleenex or whatever, like. There are different brands that ain't called Kleenex, but. If you have the one that is the name of the industry or the name of the product and not just the name of a brand, that gives you an advantage, right? So there, that happens with different products, and I can't think of a lot of other ones um, where y'all call it something, but it's really like, oh, that's just what we call it, but it's other brands that had the same thing, right? Um, it would be like me coming out with a brand of, um, you know, soap called Soap. And it's like now every time you say you want to you want some soap, like I like I'm 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 presenting myself as the leader. What's my point in this? The metaverse is like he named himself after an industry that he didn't create. And nobody else thought of this. People have metaverses, but he now is the metaverse that gives a huge advantage. Now, it also brings a lot of attention to the other metaverses out there. Um, although they are largely decentralized and Facebook is centralized and that's where a lot of the corruption comes from, um, you know, within centralization. But ultimately, here's the point. Facebook changed their name. They have 10,000 employees that are building out the metaverse. They're showing you on these videos exactly what they are trying to present and bring to life. And you are already addicted to Facebook. So one day they're just like when they introduce stories, you didn't leave Facebook because they introduced stories. You didn't leave Facebook because they introduced hearts and mad faces and, and reactions or backgrounds. And what's going to happen is when you are a consumer, you just wake up one day and a new feature is, hey, you're no longer logging in. Facebook is called Meta and you are now in this digital world. And most people, just like they started seamlessly putting uh, pictures of their babies and pictures of the most intimate moments of their life online publicly for people to consume and screenshot and take. They're also going to seamless, seamlessly enter the metaverse that they're already within. Here's the last thing I got to say about that. NFTs are a big thing in, in the metaverse. And when I said you got to understand gaming, here's what I want you to understand about this merging. And I'm only going to touch on this because this is a really deep and layered topic. And I may have to come to it another time. And I've been talking for an hour and a half and y'all probably are hopefully not tired of listening to me. Maybe you want to hear more. Maybe you want to hear less. If you want to hear less, it's too late. You already heard it. If you want to hear more, let me know. NFTs or non-fungible tokens are really digital ownership. So this idea of the games, right? When you play Fortnite and you want to buy this stuff, they own it. You pay, give your kids that money. 
They don't own it. Fortnite gets money. In the decentralized world of gaming, and NFTs in particular, when you play that game or you're in that metaverse, you can actually own a digital item in real life. Now, this is really, it takes a minute to wrap your mind around if this is the first time you're hearing this, but I could tell you right now, an NFT sold this year for $69 million. Um, people are buying them for hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. Um, and, you, and it's not a real life asset. It's a digital asset. But again, what this ultimately means is that the digital world will be merged with the existing world and that people will value in some instances their digital life more than their regular life. And you might say that's a stretch, but I was, I would argue it already exists. There are people that, like I said earlier, that value having a nice picture and seeming happily married through pictures than actually being happily married. Uh, some people value being looking successful online versus being successful in real life. Um, it's all about the matrix and plugging in and building a brand and, and like what you can aesthetically um, make look real. And we could put all the filters in the world on our face, but through the emerge, emergence of the digital um, and the metaverse, the difference is you won't be you on social media. You will be your avatar. And that's a huge difference. Today, people dress themselves up to look different and for the internet and pose. But in the future, probably closer than you think, you will just be an avatar and you will be buying clothes for your avatar. You'll be dressing your avatar up. You'll buy your avatar a car. I would imagine somebody in the metaverse is going to have a Benz and in a real life drive a Ford. And it's like, I'm not knocking you, but it's like the value of that digital world is going to increase the same way one day you woke up and valued social media over real life. Welcome to the metaverse. Hopefully you have enjoyed today's topic and conversation. Um, I'm releasing it as a quick take, I guess, but this has been no quick take at all. We know that. I think quick take just mean when I want to just jump into a topic and talk. Maybe that's what it means um, versus quick. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we got to change the name because ain't none of them quick no more. But hopefully some will be in the future so I could do shorter shows and get them done. But hopefully you enjoy this. Let me know. I really want to hear your feedback on this one. If you listen to this show and you've never given feedback before, don't hide. Don't secretly listen. What up? How you feeling? Thank you for listening. Shoot me an email, Music at gmail.com, or shoot me a note on Instagram or Facebook or something. Let me know you listen. Let people know you listen. Share this show. I think this is worth sharing it and introducing the people to, to the idea of being a contributor because guess what? You got two choices, really. You're either going to learn this as a contributor or you're going to be first forced to learn it as a consumer. And as consumers, consumers stand in line all day and they just consume and buy things. Um, a contributor decides what's valuable, what they want to partake in, what they don't. Maybe there's some moderation. Maybe this, is, this isn't evil, but I don't want to be in some metaverse every day. Maybe just like I don't want to be on Instagram or something every day. Maybe you're on those things every day and this has challenged you to rethink your approach or how you're doing some things. Maybe you've started to value the digital world over the real world. And you got to think through that. Look, I don't want to judge you. I just want to challenge you because I really love you. Welcome to the metaverse.